We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could give this feeling. I wish I could give this feeling. Yo, what up? Welcome. You are listening to The Corner. We are coming from you from Insert Coins Bar and Arcade in downtown Las Vegas. Get ready for an hour of boxing, wrestling, and MMA talk. I'm your host, Kel Dansby. And this, this is your man, Andreas Hill. And today, we are talking about Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao week. We're talking about the fight. We're breaking down everything. We're bringing through a special guest for you guys. Boxing, boxing, boxing. Yeah, mostly, mostly boxing. But before we get into this boxing stuff, like we gotta talk about your man John Jones. Oh yeah, hold on. I'll take it back. First, we do gotta talk UFC, and yeah. John Jones lost his mind. All right, so look. A moment of silence for John Jones' UFC career. Yo, it's out. <laughs> can so, we can we bring the Undertaker music in? Oh my god. We might god. have to get the Undertaker effect. Just, it's over. No, okay, for, for those that don't know, I'm going to have Kel just give you a quick rundown. And then we're going to talk about the stupidity of John Jones. Yo, so first off, John Jones is the worst criminal ever. Let's put that on the table. Let me break this down to you. This is how it started. John Jones decided to hop in his whip. Mm-hmm. Might have been on the, under the influence of a certain type of substance. Mm-hmm. The ganja, we don't know. Perhaps. So he's driving, he runs a red light, uh-huh. causes a three-car accident. Mm-hmm. One of the people in the accident is a pregnant woman. Oh, she no. breaks her arm. Oh, no. So John, the good Christian man that he is, wow. obviously hops out of the whip and helps her, right? Wrong. No, he takes off. 40-yard dash. He was like Dion when he ran the 40 at the combine. Kept it moving. Huh. John takes off and runs. He's running away from the accident. You would think that'd be the end of the story. Nope. 
John comes back. He forgets his cash in the car, probably forgot his wallet. Lord knows what else he forgot in the car. He comes back to the scene that he ran away from. Mm. You are in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm. You are a six-foot-six black man. Oh. You run back to the scene acting like nobody's going to see you. Grab your cash, grab whatever else you got, and then run away again. Damn. What? Damn. What sense does that make? Yo, if I see John right now, I'd be like, yo, John, you know you messed up, right? You know you done fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, John is so stupid for that, and... You can't even get into his mindset. Like, yo, what are you thinking? And then he disappears for a year. Go- a year. A, year. a day. Damn. Right. Well, he's about to be gone for right. a year. Right. He disappears for a day. No one can find him. His trainers can't find him. His sparring partners can't find him. Dana can't find him. No one. He's gone. Then what? He turned himself in. Turned himself in. Somehow he, saw, the- he saw his face on TV <laughs> and was like, oh, shit. I did something? Yo, <laughs> I might need to turn myself in. I thought running away from an accident was completely fine. They find a weed in the car, supposedly a, a pipe or whatever. Hopefully it's just weed, whatever it may have been. And now John Jones is suspended indefinitely from the UFC, stripped of his title, and we got a new main event for UFC 187. Now, now let's talk about this for a second. Your man, John Jones, I'm going to call this your man because he's not my, my boy. <laughs> this dude just went out here. He's the best pound-for-pound fighter on the planet right now, the UFC. Hands down. Everybody knows it. In the no world. doubt about it. So you mean to tell me in Albuquerque, New Mexico, hey, what was it, like 2 in the morning? Yep, 2 in the morning. You ain't shit to do in New Mexico at 2 in the morning but get into trouble. You mean to tell me he got in his car with weed and ran into a, a – you had a three-way accident, broke the, the pregnant woman's arm, got out the car and left, all right, comes back. And picked up cash? He doesn't use a debit card? Why don't you got pockets? You got to keep stuff in pockets. Like, where's he running around? He had what joggers he, on? What's like, I don't understand. Like, what is this guy doing? Yo, he just got mad cash in the whip. Like, I don't understand what your thought process is when you just run and leave everything you have in a car. One, if you leave your wallet in a car, they go know it was you, John. You got a photo ID, my man. They can see who was in the whip. God damn, John. It's just not even thought through. And John has been babied through this situation. We can't even lie about it. The UFC has babied him through some of the stuff he's been through, through the cocaine test that he the had. The DUI. The DUI with the strippers. And the Bentley. Or the escorts, whatever, whatever they may have been. Them. Indeed. The ladies of the night. And he was babied, and they said, John, it's okay. They looked out of the way. No suspension. No, no fine. Slaps on the wrist. Yo, he tested positive for coke the next week. Two weeks, he's the face of the Reebok campaign. That's no more. Nah, he's <laughs> out of there. Yeah, he's out of there. They're calling Ronda right now on speed dial, like, yo, we got to shoot commercials. John lost it all in a blink of an eye, and really, he's been slowly losing it over time, and they just let him slip. All right, story time. Can I tell you a story? Yeah, yeah, I got to hear this. All right. So I met John Jones maybe 2008 or nine, somewhere around there, before UFC 100. I met him at the Magic Fashion Convention. I've seen him fight a couple times. And um, we started talking because I recognized him and nobody knew who John Jones was at the time. And we were talking about blacks in MMA, African Americans in MMA. And he said he wanted to be a role model to get young black men into the sport. And I was like, that's amazing, John. That's really great. I hope you do it. What a good guy. John. Yeah. So he gave me his phone number. We texted for a while. Fast forward to when he's getting ready to fight Ryan Bader, which we gave him a shot at Shogun Hula to become the UFC Light Heavyweight Champion. I pitched a feature on AOL's Black Voices, 
to feature John as the guy to watch. John said, great. I talked to his wife. Um, she set it up because she was managing him at the time. So we did an interview. I asked John in the interview, I said, John, you know, how important is it for you to be a role model to African-American men? He said, it's not. I said, what? He said, I got to be a role model to all the kids. And he went to this whole spiel where now his, he was no longer this cocky guy who wanted to usher in a new era of African-Americans in the MMA. Now he wanted to be a role model to everybody. And all he kept talking about was Christianity. I was like, who are you? Like, what, who is this guy? So sometime later, I had lunch with an unnamed UFC fighter I'm not going to put out there who basically told me that John Jones is a fraud. And everything that he puts out there is fake. He's transparent. And people are going to figure it out sooner than later. He's a great fighter, but he's a horrible person. So the seeds were planted. This was years ago. Years ago. And you remember Rashad Evans called him out? You remember? Like, you've seen different people call you out. You saw Jones. the DC joint where the cameras, are the cameras rolling? Yeah, John, the cameras are rolling. He's, he's Good Christian man cursing in the, in the middle of an interview like yourself. John really? Jones has an identity crisis where he wants to be something he's not. And now it's caught up with him. He thought he could lie his way through and being this good Christian guy. But now you're just a fraud, dude. Like, and it would have been better if you would have just played it up by being who you are. And whatever your transgressions were, you figured them out on your own. But you got some help. But no, you want to go out there and do cocaine. You want to go get escorts. You got babies at home. You want to go out and hit pregnant women with cars. And George Jefferson walk away from the scene, forget your money, come back, stick it in your pants like Scrooge McDuck. The fuck is wrong with you, John? John done lost his mind. I don't know when it was the last time John had his mind. No, no. Like, man. John, yo, the, the blow will get you. He's walking around like Tony Montana, chilling. Like, he's in a jacuzzi, cigar in his mouth. He got nothing to worry about. That's what, what John thought. What, he thought I mean, he was untouchable. He thought he was Johnny Depp and blow. Like, John was living that life. And really, someone around him should have been like, yo, my man, you're out of control. You he got two brothers. He got a whole camp full of people. We've heard stories for years about John. Stories years. There was a story published after, of course, he tested positive for coke that he hid under his cage in his gym to not get tested one day. And not only has he been somewhat addicted to drugs for a while, he's been addicted to something for a while, but he's hidden it for a while. He's been a liar forever and an addict for a small amount of time thereafter. Your, your man went from Walter White to Heisenberg. He's breaking bad. John Jones is officially broke bad. <laughs> what, but, but here's the bigger question. What does the UFC do? Yes, you, you suspend your top pound-for-pound pound fighter indefinitely. You strip him of the title, and now we have another event where we lost the headline. And it's convenient they didn't cut him. You cut yeah. him, he go to Bellator. You cut him, he goes to World Series. You cut him, he might wild out, be like, yo, I could do blow and fight for you guys. I'm gone. Yeah. I'm John Jones. They, I mean, they want Rampage back badly. Imagine what they give John Jones. Uh. So... You suspend them indefinitely. You put up an interim title. Yo, is the title stripped or is it not stripped? So just take it from him. He don't deserve it. Right now, like, you you don't you done fucked up. You don't even fucked up, right? Yo, I, I don't want to see an interim champion. I want someone to be crowned on May 23rd the champion of the division. I don't want to hear that John Jones went to rehab for three months on his Johnny Manziel, comes back, and he's fighting for the title in September. You know what? What really sucks as a black man to see another black dude reach the peak of his game and just fuck it all up. I don't understand this. Like, why? Why be so self-destructive? Like, you you already try to strip yourself by associating with the brothers by saying you want to be a role model for everybody. Look, look, let's be honest. Black kids need inspiration. And when you come up in the hood of where, you know, you grew up in New York and you grew up in Endicott, which is, like, mixed, but your, your dad's a preacher. Like, you had a lifestyle like other kids who 
couldn't play football because John Jones can't even dunk a basketball. Nah. Other black kids need to see you. And when they see you, yeah, you could be an inspiration to everybody else, but just call it what it is. Black kids going to love you. But yeah. you, you want to be all things to everyone when you're nothing to nobody. And you know what? He was the ultimate role model, quote unquote. Like, he wanted to be a role model. Even if it wasn't for a little black kid, you know what? They're still going to look up to you because they relate to you. You look like them. My man, don't play the part if you aren't the part. You know, Barkley came out back in the day, I am not a role model. If anything, he was honest. Yeah. Don't say you want to be a role model for all these little kids. You get off of the conference call, and you got two strippers, and you're doing blow off the, a bunch of silicone, just titties in your face. Don't do that. And yeah, he's like, you're married. Like, you got two kids, or three kids, right? I mean, come on, Yo, John. your wife was your manager. Like, how are you doing blow? Who checks his money? That's why he know. has cash, because you can't put blow on a card. No, nah, you can't there's do no, that There's on no debit. debit. There's, well, there's Square. If I, if I got my iPhone and I get the Square app, Yo, and you can sign the card, I just, I put something you else. You got there. a really good drug dealer if they got a Square app, and you That's can sign true. it, you can t- tip them? Yeah. What, 15%? Tip, tip your drug, don't deal it. Come on. <laughs> anyway. Yo, they, they're paying taxes now. John is at that point where he's living a completely different life, and I don't know what it's going to take to reel him back in. Can he ever be that fighter again? Is he lost? Does he belong to the world? I don't know, man. I mean, here's the thing. Even though he did all that shit, he was still the best fighter in the world. So it makes me wonder. Either A, he stops doing drugs, and he just loses all his powers and becomes a regular mere mortal, or B, he keeps doing drugs and he doesn't come back. I don't know if there's a middle ground for this. Yo, it's going to get real ugly. People think like, yo, this is the worst thing that happened to John Jones. This is the worst we're going to see him. They assume he's just going to bounce back. Yo, it's going to get real ugly when he gains all that weight and he starts going on the Bobby Brown water retention plan and he ends up 270 and comes back looking like Jamarcus Russell in six months with a crazy scruffy beard and you don't even know what he looks like. You'd be like, yo, John, you were just... And he's just horrible looking because it's going to happen. It's going to get worse before it gets better. People go to rehab for a reason. When you kick habits like that and you are a drug addict, which he is now, it's not easy to stop that. And you don't come back in tip-top shape from that. So it's going to be a real ugly process going forward for John. Man, I, I, you know, it just sucks for Anthony Johnson because he was about to have his time to shine. A lot of people thought Rumble Johnson could beat John Jones. And now, yes, we get the DC, you know, and Rumble fight, but just things ain't the same, man. It ain't the same. And I can see it already in the UFC and some of the stuff they're saying. And you know what? They want John to get better. They took the right stance. They got rid of him for now. I just want him to earn it when he comes back. Yeah, that's the, it. Take the title away from him and let him work back for it. That's it. I, I want to see him fight Gus again. I want to see him fight whoever may be young. He has to fight OSP. He, I, I want him to see him fight somebody. Don't just give him a shot at the champ because you know what? You lost that. You lost all privilege. Yeah, you have you to did. earn back everything. The fans, the the belt, everyone. And you know what's bad because we're leading the show during Mayweather Pacquiao. We talk about goddamn John, John Jones. John Jones and the nose can't. That's enough of John Jones. We got to move on. Yo, when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're talking Mayweather-Pacquiao. We're giving a full breakdown. You got to hear about the ratchetness we've already seen. It's early in the week. We've already seen crazy ratchetness. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's only going to get worse. So stay tuned. On the other side of our break, we're talking Mayweather-Pacquiao, and we're bringing a special guest for you guys later. Welcome back to The Corner. I'm Kel Dansby. It's Andreas Hill. And we're talking Mayweather. We're having a guest join us in a little while. You know, we're just waiting for him to call in. It's a busy week for everybody, uh, yo. Apparently, everybody's busy. 
Everything's busy. Stuff is crazy. The pandemonium is what we've been looking forward to, and we're getting it. And it's already Wednesday. Yeah, it's it's Wednesday. You, you guys are going to be hearing this on Thursday. But it's Wednesday, and uh, it's already kicked up. I've already saw, saw a lot of urban loitering at the MGM. <laughs> already. Urban loitering. It's crazy. Yo, that one in full effect. I, I posted a picture on Twitter yesterday. This girl was thought-tastic. It's already. Yo, she was on it. And her heels are like six inches, and she's walking up the steps. She came to the grand arrivals, decked out, tiny dress, all this. She's walking up the stairs, falls right on her face, busts her whole shit on the stairs, try to play it off like she was cute. Yo, caught her. See? Posted on Instagram. People are like, yo, she probably fell because her toes are hanging over the bottom of her shoes. Failing. Like, like an inch over. Like she was wearing size sixes, she's a size nine. It was serious, and that's what we're dealing with this weekend. I, I, you know what? See, you went to the Mayweather arrival. I went to Pacquiao's arrival. And at the Pacquiao's arrival, it was like a Filipino Day Parade. We had dancers. We had people over 50 years old singing. We had, like, it was it, it was mad, like, strange. It was like a Filipino Day Parade, and it was so peaceful and <laughs> weird. And I didn't understand what was going on. Bob Aaron was shouting out the Filipino fans. I understand, but, yo, it was definitely something different. Uh, yeah, they wouldn't say it wasn't a ruckus at the Mayweather joint. It was turned up, to say the least. Like, Didn't they have the Southern Southern Yo, band? Southern University was there. It was like Drumline, play the flight of the Bumblebee. Like, it was like that. And then you got Dougie Fresh coming out, beatboxing. It was a random dude in the crowd that beatboxed. He just broke out with it, did his prediction in beatboxing. People were dancing. At one point, they hit the whip. Everything was, everything was a go and Mayweather arrivals, and I was like, "Yo, this is a block party. It ain't even, it ain't even a real organized event." They're like, "Yo, whoever took off of work, whoever called in, all the, all you guys ditching work, came out here to turn up and have a good time, and that's what they did. It was the only free event of the week, really." I mean, yeah, you know, the For weigh the weigh-in weigh costs ten bucks, uh, but I mean. Again, this is why you look at Mayweather fights the way they are. I mean, for better or worse, he brings a certain group of people out. Pacquiao brings a certain group of people out as well. It's just a completely different group of people. And it makes you wonder, how are these groups going to clash on Saturday night? You know what I'm saying? Like, somebody's going to fight. We already know that. Yo, it's not going to happen on Saturday. It's not. Because Saturday's corporate. None of these two groups bought $10,000 tickets. It's going down on Friday. What's going on every day? $10? It's middle of the afternoon. It's going to be like 90 degrees. People are drinking. It's going down. It's Filipinos versus the Mayweather TMT dudes. Everything's going to be crazy. Someone's going to get their TMT hat knocked off. Like, remember when they say slap your koofy off? Yeah. Yeah, they'd be like, yo, I'm going to slap your TMT hat off. It's going to be be interesting. But, you know, again, I mean, there was about 1,000 people at the Pacquiao arrival. Um, you know, and, and Pacquiao, he seems so happy. He seems like, for, for a man that's getting ready to get in a fight, we always say this about Pacquiao, but he seems so happy that he's about to be in a fight. There's not, I don't think there's any nervous energy in Pacquiao. I think he's, he's anticipating, like, he wants to beat up Floyd so bad to prove to his people, to the, to the people in the Philippines, that he's the best fighter in the world. Yeah, I don't even think he has really anything against Floyd. He just knows he's the best. He's trying to take that from him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, Manny's he's lost a couple rough ones, yo. Yeah, but yeah. he's he's been as good as Floyd at in certain points of his career. And that's something you can't take away from Manny. At certain points, it was a real conversation. He had yeah. some bumpy roads. He got robbed once. He got caught with the sneaky, laid out cold. 
you know, outside of that, he's been as good at, as Floyd at certain points. So I think at this point in time, he thinks he's back there where he's as good as Floyd. Floyd's older. And honestly, I don't think Floyd is as hungry. And I think Manny's trying to, you know, bring that, that youthful energy. Every quote I've seen this week, Manny's talking about Killer Instinct's back. I'm excited. I'm ready to go in there. Floyd's not like that. Nah. And, but uh, see, that's, that all goes into, like, today's press conference. Today was the final press conference. We saw two guys who really had nothing left to say. You know, they, they've said everything they've had to say in numerous interviews. I mean, ESPN has gone nuts with everything, all their coverage. And uh, you kind of see Floyd, and, and I wrote a piece for Ring Magazine today about, you know, the exhaustion of Floyd Mayweather. He's, he's tired. He's burnt out. He has not, he's been talking about this fight for five years. And now it's here. And people are asking the same goddamn questions they was asking five years ago. You know, it's like, how are you going to be Manny Pacquiao? Like, is he faster than you? He's tired of asking that shit. Manny's just happy to be here. Yo, they shouldn't have waited five years then. Floyd should have did it when everyone told him to do it. If not, you got to stick through the questions and you got to act like you want to be here. He's acting like the money just cleared in his bank account yesterday and he can care less of what the decision is. I mean, you know, but let's be honest. What is there left for him to say? He's not going to be running Pacquiao into the mud like he... He's not going to trample him with words like he did Oscar De La Hoya. He's not going to just completely disrespect him like he did Shane Mosley's nose. He's not going to just <laughs> slander him like he did Victor Ortiz or talk about him and eat, drinking his piss like Marquez. This fight sold itself. And all people are asking him is questions to see if they can get a, a, a sound bite out of him to headline a story. Floyd's over it. There's nothing left to say. He needs some. He better have something to prove. That's all he's not waiting. You better have something to prove. You go into the fight then with motivation. If if it's not coming through your words, if you can't find something in the other fighter to get you riled up, make sure you express that you care about being undefeated. You care about being 50-0 at some point. You care about being the greatest ever or the best ever, whatever he claims to be. I saw a quote the other day that said, yo, even if I lose, I'm the best ever. No, if you lose, you're going to get ran off of Twitter your IG is going to get flooded, and you're going to be a laughing stock for at least the next year. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's and your whole career is done. Don't even talk top 10. You go from the best ever conversation to out of the top 10 I mean, to a guy who ran because he wasn't good enough. Yeah, I mean, the bane of Floyd's existence has been him being unbeaten. Um, he came up with a game plan very early in his boxing career once he left Bob Barron where he said, you know what? I'm not knocking people out like Tyson. You know, I'm not selling tickets because I'm knocking people out. So I got to find another way to do it. And he created a personality which became Money Mayweather. And because of that, people wanted to pay to see him lose. So he spent the past eight years, since 2006, when he split from Aram, building up this character. And now he's here. And now he's done everything he had to do. And now he's just like, I don't need to talk bad about you anymore. I just, I'm just going to do what I got to do. And the second thing you got to look at is that he truly looks at this as a job. He punches in, does his time, punches out, goes home. Doesn't even think about boxing. He says he, he told me today, he was like, hey, um, I'm just going to go home and watch NBA playoff basketball. The next time I think about the fight is Friday at the weigh-in. Pacquiao's thinking about the fight right now. Right now. He's punching somebody's mitts. You, you seen the commercials? Yeah. He going to fight me? And then he's just going to crazy. It's 24-7 like Pacquiao. He, all he thinks about is this fight. Floyd's just like, when is this going to be over so I can get my money? And I'm out. And in some ways, I get it because he's just been ran over with the same-ass questions, and he's in a point in his career where he's media-trained very well. He's found, he's figured out, you know, I can't say stupid shit. Like when he said what he said about Ray Rice last fight, and that, that 
took over everything. Yeah. He said he just his media training, he just says what he has to say, like I said before, blah 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 blah. And he runs off and he's kinda done. So there's nothing left to say. Like all we gotta do is fight now. One question he didn't answer was the domestic violence question. He, he answered a little bit with uh one of the interviews I saw him do. What was the Yahoo joint? Yeah, but he's I mean it's come on man, Floyd's not really answering this question. Nah, but to say that, Keith Oberman came out. You know, everyone's like, yo, he's running his mouth. And he said everyone should boycott the fight because of Floyd's past. Like, yo, don't buy the fight. Don't support it. And he also said the NFL draft. But anything that has to do with domestic violence, Keith is like, yo, stay away from it. And it really tore people to one side or another, especially on Twitter, social media. And everyone else was talking about it. And he really made a statement like, yo, can you boycott this fight? Can you really boycott anything for that reason nowadays? How do you separate, you know, yo, this is just a boxer and I'm going to enjoy his work in the ring from, yo, he, you know, from time to time hit women in his past. Like, and Keith is saying you can't separate it. Keith is like, yo, all or nothing. That's, I mean, all right, I guess I'm not watching sports anymore. If I got a boycott every time there's a domestic issue or rape, because, I mean, we still root for Ben Roethlisberger. Work. You know what I'm saying? Like, Kobe. I'm not saying that Floyd's right, but what I'm saying is... If you're going to do it, you're going to have to do it all the way. Don't just do it for the biggest fight of this generation. You're going to have to go all the way and boycott everybody who has been in... I mean, let's, let's, let's keep it real. Arturo Gatti, who was one of the most beloved figures in all of boxing, had a domestic dispute with his wife. Diego Corrales, who people loved before he fought Floyd Mayweather, kicked his pregnant wife. So this is nothing new. My issue is that... We're trying to come up now and be like, hey, let's let's do something now. But we should have said something a long time ago. And not just writers, but the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Anybody who has something to say about Floyd Mayweather's domestic dispute should have said something a long time ago. To do it now and say, let's boycott that, that doesn't have Manny Pacquiao out. He ain't do shit. Yeah, nah, I mean, if anything, that cost Manny money. And Manny obviously didn't come out and take that stance of uh, let's not fight him. Nah. We heard Freddie Roach said Manny wants to beat him more because of that reason. And Whatever, that's just Freddie talking at this point. Yeah, Freddie's trying. I mean, he's selling tickets. I mean, Manny's going to continuously say, only God can judge him. And Manny's going to, them fists are left and right, and that's God on Saturday night. And that's, that's the only thing he's looking for. But boycotting the fight, yo, I get it. I understand why you would want to do something, but it doesn't make very much sense to me to just boycott this fight because, yeah, we're going to be back in the NFL in, in a few months. I mean, baseball. Basketball, everybody's doing foul shit. Yeah, everywhere. This, it ain't new. <laughs> this, this ain't the first time. It ain't the first time in boxing. Nah, nah, and, I'm good. You know, people then boycott Tyson fights. Like, to me, it's just a different narrative on a fight that's run out of storylines. Yeah. You've I'm... used everything in five years, so Keith is like, yo, boycott it. Because that's all you think Keith can say at this point, to make a splash. And he did it. We're talking about him. Shout out to Keith. You know, he gets around applause, but it was, it was just a narrative to say that. No one's really boycotting the fight for that reason. I know people not watching a fight because it's $100. Right. But outside of that, no one's thinking like, yo, Floyd did this X amount of years ago, so now I'm going to boycott a fight. Again, like I've, I've said this a million times, the domestic violence thing with Floyd Mayweather is nothing new. This has been something people have talked about for a decade. And... There's been numerous stories. You have the Grantland piece that just came out. You have, you have the Deadspin piece that came out not too long ago where people have ran down, because it's public record. Yeah. It's not like what he's... He, I mean, he's not going to admit to it, but it's there. But the people are still buying his fights. It doesn't... It, you know, it, it's a... It's a black eye on his character. It's a black eye on the sport. Um, 
But again, I'm just like, you know, I got more important things to, to boycott. You know, like the shit that's happening in Baltimore right now is what I'm going, what I'm worried about. Boycotting a, a fight with a, somebody who had domestic violence when there's other fighters doing the same thing, it's just not high up on my totem pole right now. Talking about more of the exits and O's of the fight since, you know, we'll, we'll move away from the extracurriculars of it. Yeah. We'll touch on that. You know, we're going to be talking about that, obviously, the next couple of days. Make sure you guys check that out. We have two special podcasts yeah, coming man. for you guys from the MGM. We'll talk about that at the end a little more. But heading into the X's and O's of the fight, what does Manny have to do to win? In I mean, your opinion, how does he win this fight? Though? Again, he's got to be active. He has to start off quick. Um... I know Freddie, this is like a passion project for him because he lost when he was in De La Hoya's corner. And I asked Freddie yesterday about that. And he said, you know, I've watched that tape over and over and Oscar could have won that fight if he stuck to the game plan. Maybe, maybe not. Easier but said than done. Pacquiao does, in fact, have the ingredients to beat a Floyd Mayweather. Um, but it's really, you have to take control of the fight early. You have to be more active than Floyd. And you have to find a way to hit him. Floyd's the most difficult person to hit. And when he hits you, it's clean. So you're going to have to impress the judges. So... What man has to do is be active early. The foot, he's got to be aggressive. The footwork's got to be there. He can't be overly aggressive and get slept like Marquez did him, but he's got to score. And he has to show Floyd Mayweather that I can hurt you. And if he, if we never seen Floyd like truly hurt, Mosley rocked him, couldn't do nothing else with the rest of the night. Pacquiao's going to have to stay on top of him. I, I was saying this to Doug Fisher of Ring, Ring Magazine today that we were both talking about. I don't know. This is one of those fights where I would truly not be surprised at any scenario. No, if, anything if, can happen. Like, I can see the refs, like, stepping in and, and stopping a fight, ending that in a KO. Like, you know, someone just taking too much punishment. I can see someone getting laid clean out and not getting up at the 10. I can see the judges robbing someone of a fight. I, I can see a draw. I, I can see every scenario coming true and not being surprised, really. Nah, I wouldn't be surprised if Pacquiao laid out Floyd. That being said, I still pick Floyd by a unanimous decision. I think he's going to win 116-112. I think he's going to make his adjustments early, and once he has Pacquiao figured out, there's no turning back. Yeah. And if he, if he once that, just everybody listening, the straight right hand, pay attention. When Floyd connects with it more than twice in a round, the fight's over. Yo, you're right, but right now we got a guest on the phone. What up? Man, what's the deal, man? GLA double dollar sign east side up in this thing, man. Glass of Malone, man. Stay true to the choice, you know what I'm saying? What's the deal? Man, Glasses, what's going on, man? It's Andres. You, you know, we rap about boxing all the time, but I mean, before we even get into that, man, shout out for, for your joint, you and Kendrick Lamar. I mean, that joint is, is flames. I saw the behind the scenes video today. Um, can you talk about how that came together first before we even talk about this Mayweather Pacquiao stuff? Man, that my little homie, man, straight up. Like, his um, his older cousin, you feel me, is, is one of my dudes I used to run the streets with, you know, slang, get money with, gang bang with, and, you know, I've been knowing about that for a long time, you know what I'm saying? So, before, you know, it was Kendrick Lamar, and, you know, he always been a really brilliant MC, you know what I'm saying? It was just, this is one of the few joints we did. We did a lot of joints. I, I had Kendrick on a lot of my early music, you know what I'm saying? Like, a long time ago, people just woke up on me, so obviously our relationship is different, so it ain't nothing. But people just hear records that we made a while ago. Yo, the record is mad dope, but it's Floyd weekend, and the fight's crazy out here. What do you think about the fight and it finally happening? Like, what were you doing when the news broke, and what was your, like, excitement level for the fight? 
thing you just said and people are gonna pick on you about it is you said we're seeing two of the top five all time i don't think glasses get picked on though no nah, you don't get picked on <laughs> but like why do you think that both of them both pacquiao and mayweather are top five all time well pacquiao was definitely pacquiao was the best offensive fighter of all time you know nobody ever in boxing you know been able to throw a seven punch combination with power Nobody in boxing has ever went up eight divisions. You know, very rarely is there a person in boxing that's not, it's not five other boxers who've beaten, you know, six, six or seven Hall of Famers, let alone four, six or seven Hall of Famers. But, you know, prevailed and had victories over six or seven Hall of Famers. I mean, we're looking at the best offensive force to ever be in our sport. Better than, I mean, better than Hearns? Better than Duran at lightweight? Yeah, better. Damn. Yo, I, I can see where he's coming from, though, because it's, it's someone with that power at 140 pounds, 147 pounds. Like, yeah, you see I mean, these guys you see these guys do that at 150-something, 160. How do you do that at 140? That's how almost that, unheard of. How do you do that at 118 and then do it to somebody 165 pounds? That's impossible. How do you do this at 108 pounds, and later on in a few years, you're doing it to somebody that's 165 pounds in the ring with you? I mean, there's, there's no question we're looking at a top five. Matthew Pacquiao is a top five of all time. I mean, we love the names of Duran. We love the names of Hearns. We love the names of Sugar Ray Leonard. We love the names of Marvin Hagler. But let's be honest, their accomplishments can't even add up to what Manny Pacquiao does. Like, Manny Pacquiao was the best offensive fighter. And I think he beats all of those guys, you know, outside of a Hagler who's a really, really big guy. But... He beats all of those guys. At least he beats Sugar Ray the first time. You know what I'm saying? Like he's the one fighter. If he gets in the inside, you lost the fight. You know what I'm saying? The best fighters keep the space in between them. Like 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 Marquez, where he dances backwards, or like Floyd is going to, where they can dance backwards and fight going backwards to keep the space needed to keep him on the outside of the shot. Yo, you said Pacquiao beats those guys. What sets Mayweather apart? How does Mayweather beat Pacquiao then if Pacquiao could beat all of those great fighters? Mayweather is the best fighter of all time. He's the best at controlling space. Boxing is a game of space. You want to be in a perfect space to where you can land your punches and somebody else can't land there. That's the master of space. That's, that's what makes him the best. The only people that make a competitive fight with Floyd is people who literally can control space, who literally can forcefully get within the space that he doesn't want you. And it's usually somebody who pushes or somebody that broods because if you fight within the rules, you know, you can't close space on Mayweather. It's just hard. It's, 
He's the best at space. He, that's why in the third and fourth round, he's figured out your range on punches. He'll be looking in at you, daring you to throw a shot and counter him because he has the perfect space. He already figured out the perfect space by the time you get to the third or fourth round. And now he's going to start clocking. So you, you're telling me that Floyd Mayweather is better than Sugar Ray Robinson? Floyd Mayweather is better than who? Sugar Ray Robinson. That's where the argument could get a little tricky. I, and I'll be fair, like I've only seen like 20 or 30 fights with Sugar Ray Robinson. That yeah. could be a debate, but I mean, it's a little rough. I don't want to get caught up in that, but yeah, I'm going to say yes right now. I'm gonna say yes right now. I'm going to ride with that. Yo, I so if Floyd I, dominates, though, if Floyd dominates Pacquiao, a lot of people are thinking that where he'll take nine rounds from Pacquiao after figuring it out. If he dominates him, do people have to give him his props? Do people have to start agreeing with you and saying, yo, this guy is the best ever? No, because they didn't do that to Muhammad Ali when Muhammad Ali was in boxing. Muhammad Ali in boxing wasn't considered the best boxer of all time. People looked at him crazy when he said it. It won't happen until his career is over and you'll look back and be like, okay, well, he did his stuff. Nobody ever, you know... Very rarely do people get the Michael Jordan treatment where you get to your fifth or sixth range and people already are saying you're the best fighter ever. When Muhammad Ali was fighting, people wasn't saying he was the best ever. No, some people that said it, and a lot of people thought he was crazy because he said it first. No yeah. different type thing. He's a, he's a villain. He's a, he's, a, he's a anti, you know what I mean? Everybody wants to meet Muhammad Ali, that big mouth. But like Floyd Mayweather, it's hard because... You know, Floyd Mayweather is more dedicated to his craft than Muhammad Ali, better than any boxer that I've ever seen of any status. He's not on drugs. I, I was just saying to a buddy of mine, man, if you put any brother, this dude should be the poster boy for black people that's from urban America, underprivileged. You know, this is somebody who his mom, you know what I mean, was on drugs. His dad was selling drugs and going to jail. I think they said pimping. Um, he lived with his grandmother with all of these kids. Grew up in the hood, dropped out of school, all of these things. And the worst thing this brother's ever did was got into a fight with his kid's mother, which is, you know, which if he actually beat her up, I mean, this is the best champion of all time. I'm sure she would be really booed up, you know, outside of a, you know, altercation with his kid's mother, which is not that insane. You know, this dude has made great with his life, made impossible. He did their problem. Most people would be dead or in jail from that same, you know, situation. Not not a hundred millionaire and the best boxer to ever put on some gloves. Man, that's, that's, that's strong. I mean, you know what? Like we talked about it before. And, you know, I agree with you on, on, I think when he retires, that's when people will appreciate him. And I think it's going to take a while after he retires because Mayweather's done so much for the sport and so many people dislike him that they don't want to see him on top. So it's like you have to have another generation call Floyd Mayweather the greatest fighter. Well, that's just like Tupac. Tupac became the realest nigga to this generation. You know, like I said, I'm 30. So it's like, I remember Tupac being alive. Tupac wasn't the guy the way he is now. You know, he got a divinity after his death. So people hate Floyd, man. He's the one guy you can't beat. They want everything to beat him. I know girls who be like, I just want him to lose one. Because nobody wants to see somebody constantly that they believe is winning, you know. But... I mean, I don't think it's going to take that long. I think people know Floyd is the best. I just think they really think Manny Pacquiao will beat him. Manny Pacquiao in his defense is a top five guy of all time. It's not, I can't name five people better, you know, that literally has accomplished the type of things he's accomplished. So this is a huge win, you know. This is, this is a bigger win than any win ever for a claim to be great. You know, this is, this is up there with Muhammad Ali beating George Foreman. 
that, that's the only fight that I think I can compare it to where you had somebody who the whole world thought was going to beat this guy. And it's different because, you know, even then, you know, Muhammad Ali had already lost to Joe Frazier, obviously. And, and, um, Floyd Mayweather's never lost yet. It's a world full of people that think Pacquiao can win and want Pacquiao to win. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Yo, so as a fan of boxing, and you said these are two top five fighters, do you want to see a rematch regardless of what happens? Is that no. something you want to see moving no. forward, or is it one and no. done? One and done. I don't want to do this shit no more with these two guys. I'm through. Like, let's, you know, I love Floyd Mayweather, and I love Manny Pacquiao, you know. I'm a Roy Jones fan of all time. Right now, I've been high on Keith Thurman, you know, and I even thought he was going to lose, but this is the fight that needs to happen. Let's get it out the way. Whoever wins, wins dominantly. You know, I, I feel like Floyd should stop him late. I think Pacquiao's a bit middle. And I think as he's getting hit, it's, you, you've never seen Pacquiao get hit as many times as he's going to get hit this fight. And I think that's going to have a different effect on his psyche, on his body. And a lot of times, that's why people often slow down with Floyd because he tags you so clean over and over again. And I think you're going to see it, you know, really well. In any sport, the best offense and the best defense, everybody knows who wins. You're looking at the best offense of all time and the best defense of all time. The best defense is going to win 10 times out of 10. Well, yo, so you got got Floyd winning, and you got Floyd stopping him then. Yeah, I think Floyd is too big. He's too big, too fast, too smart, and too defensively sound. He can dance going backwards. If Manny Pacquiao, the same thing with Marquez, he dances better than Marquez going backwards. He counters better than Marquez. It's like a, it'll go. Ten times better version of what, you know, Juan Manuel Marquez is, who is the best Mexican fighter of all time. You so, just said Marquez is better than, is he better than Julio Cesar Chavez? Julio Chavez Wow. Yo, this is, this is it. Yo, he's telling you the truth right here. You dropped the knowledge on him. And I'll sit down. If y'all tell me who he whoop on that made him become the best Mexican fighter, I mean, I know he won a hundred some times, but... I mean, if you beat, you know, the guy from across the street, you know, Marquez, Marquez knocked out Pacquiao, top five guy of all time, you know, beat, beat on a lot of great fighters. Like, personally, that's my opinion, but, you know, everybody got their entire opinion. They're just built off emotions and how they felt. I was just look at the boxing match. So, I think if you put them in the ring right now, in their primes, Marquez beats Chavez is the senior. I, I think he's smarter. I think he's better. Going forward, who who's next then? Because obviously both of these fighters are towards the end of their career. They got stuff they anyway, want to do outside man, boxing. Boxing always does the same thing, man. Boxing starts off. It started off with Joe Lewis. To me, Joe Lewis is the era. It wasn't a lot of great heavy. He fought a lot of guys coming up. Joe Walker, all of those guys coming up. He was more. That was the original Larry Holmes era of boxing. That was when Ray Robinson was fighting all the crazy fights. You know, that was Ray Robinson and all those guys there. Then it moved on, I think, if I remember correctly, to when Muhammad Ali and they had the, the heavyweight era that was starting to do this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, you, you had Foreman, you had, you know, Norton, you had Ali, you had, you know, Frazier. And then the, the, uh, the lot of weight classes didn't have as much effect on the sport, and that happened. And then, you know, after that, you know, you had... You had uh, Hagler, you had Hearns, you had Durant, you had Pryor, you had Leonard. And then it didn't matter that, you know, uh, Holmes was winning all these fights. 
But then it switched up again, and then it went to Tyson, Lewis, and, and then Evander Holyfield, and Bo, and everybody. And it didn't matter what, you know what I mean, what uh, uh, Pernell Whitaker and Chavez Sr., it, it wasn't a big deal compared to the big guy. Now we're going through the same thing. You had De La Hoya. You got Trinidad. You know, they came out of that era with De La Hoya and Trinidad. Now you got Mayweather, Pacquiao, and all these guys. Well, this is the end of that. Now we're going into a heavyweight era. You got David Hay, probably, who will fight again. You got Deontay Wilder. You got Tyson Series. You got these guys going to be able to beat the Klitschko in the heavyweight division that's going to take back over boxing. It's, it's happened. It's already true. It keeps happening over and over again. So... I don't think it's going to matter on the, on the lighter weight front as much as what's going on in the heavyweight division. The super fight is going to be in the heavyweight division. It's going to be a big fight in a lighter weight, but the heavyweight is going to take back home. I, I think Thurman and Canelo got something to say about that going forward. I think when yeah. they meet each other, it, it's going to be problems, and it's going to be a crazy weekend. Yeah, but, but Thurman and Canelo could never match up to Deontay Wilder versus Klitschko. It's just totally different. No, nah, that's true. That's hands down. Like... When that happens, we'll see something like this weekend again. Not, not to this magnitude, but it, it'll, it'll bring back boxing. I saw Wilder, Stavern, and it was rocking just because it was a heavyweight fight. It's hard to beat that, man. When it, that's what it is. Like right now, Wilder Klitschko is not bigger than Floyd Mayweather Pacquiao, but there's no lighter weight division, just no, no lighter division that's bigger after this than, you know, uh-uh. Klitschko and Wilder. That's the next big fight. That's a huge fight. That's a huge fight. And don't let them just keep knocking. You know, honestly, I'd be, I'd be a little worried for Tyson Fury. Klitschko and Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury's long, and he's a clown, but he can fight. And okay. the thing is, you know, that pits the white guy versus the black guy. That's the all-time biggest thing. It, it doesn't matter how big the name is. Once you include white versus black, you got huge things. So, Klitschko versus Wilder, Lord knows Tyson Fury and Wilder. Tyson Fury talked so that much. If he was able to go knock out Klitschko and did not think Wilder keep clear people when they fought, the type of shit that would be talking. that white versus black, you have the biggest, the biggest fight again. You have a huge fight. Like, you know, you're talking about some real numbers in today's time. Well, damn, Glasses, you know, the funny thing is, you know, I think this is one of those weekends where you get a lot of people who talk about the fights that don't know shit. But we know, me and you know, that you know your boxing. I'm glad to have you on the show so you can kind of show people that there's a lot of cats in hip-hop that know their shit. Oh, man. I, you know, we do this. We do this. We do this just because it's just us, let alone for the rest of the world. Word up, word up. Thanks for coming on the show and I'm sure everyone's going to enjoy this, yo. Twitter's going to be crazy yeah. after hearing what you said and uh, dropping some knowledge on the people, yo. Good luck. Make and, sure uh, that, good luck with sure everything, yo. Make sure you know they make sure I said Marquez is better than Chavez Sr. So we're going to look it up. Don't get me sick here. Just go look up, the, look up the stats. Look at the, the Hall of Fame victories. You know, look at everything and, and they get the we, we gonna let them know. Yeah, we gonna yeah, let them know. Yeah. We gonna let them know you said it. You know we gonna be rapping about this after we get off this podcast, Glass. We gonna talk. <laughs> love, love, love. All right, so we'll catch you later. All right, yo. That's yeah. Everyone, that was Glasses Malone coming and dropping knowledge on the podcast, yeah, yo. You know what? what? That's my dude. With top five, both of them all time. Top five. Chavez better than, I mean... Uh, uh, Marquez better than Chavez. See, man. He should have been here for our pound for pound list last Jesus. week. That would have been crazy. But the thing is, you know, Glasses knows his stuff. 
And oh, that's, that's one of the things that I always talk about, you know, certain guys, they know they boxing. They watch a lot of boxing. I don't agree with all their opinions, Yo, but they watch a lot of boxing. <laughs> he ran down the list. He knows his history. He knows everything. And he knows what he thinks is going to be the next big fight, and I can't disagree with that, yo. He said the heavyweights are coming back, and that's what boxing needs. I mean, we, we need more than, you know, let's just say Wilder gets Klitschko out of there. We need more heavyweights. Yeah, The, yeah, the yeah. division's not very stacked with guys that are world beaters. Deontay Wilder looks good because he's flattening everybody, but he's been doing it on a smaller scale. If he beats Klitschko, yeah, but then what? You know what I'm saying? There's nobody else down the pipeline. I do think that the lighter division is still going to hold it down for a few more years because you still got characters like Adrian Broner. You still got guys like Keith Thurman. Um, and you got new guys coming up like Errol Spence Jr. So, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. <laughs> I'm not ready. I can't say it's the heavyweight's time yet. We got a little bit of time before that. Why? Tomorrow we're dropping another podcast, but we'll be at the MGM yeah. all week after this. We're coming from Rouge Lounge these next two days. Two more shows, Mayweather Pacquiao Weekend. We're just giving you guys podcasts on podcasts on podcasts because we can Making sure we're having tons of guests on, asking them about boxing, asking them about the weekend that's going down, you know, party plans, the ratchets they see, everything that is Mayweather Pacquiao weekend. We're bringing it to you. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, the fact that we get to be on site at the MGM Grand, it's like we're going to give you live reports. We're telling you what's going on. Like the, the ignorance that we're going to see in this casino, we're talking about it. If you happen to be in Vegas and you find your way at the MGM, come holler at us at Ruse. Is it's right there before you walk to the arena. We're gonna be in there in prime location. Shoot the shit with us. Please don't say something stupid like Rocky Marciano's top five pound for pound, all right? Yo, listen, top five lists vary. We just saw that. Yeah, but just don't do it when I'm around, all right? Don't do it at Ruse. Just don't. But like we said, the next two days we're, we're broadcasting live from the MGM. Four o'clock. Four o'clock Pacific Vegas time. Yeah, so come, come chill with us, talk with us. We're going to sit down, chop it up, bringing boxers through, other people, some surprise guests, everyone who wants to talk, yo. The podcast is for everybody. It's the biggest weekend in boxing. Until tomorrow, we're out. Peace. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.